2: And welcome to the Needless Things Podcast. This is the first episode of 31 Days of Halloween. Or perhaps you prefer 31 Days of Halloween. Or even
0: 31
2: Days of Halloween. I don't know, this isn't the show I do voices on. That's Earth Station Boo! Boo! If you haven't listened to Earth Station Boo, go over to ESOPodcast.com and search for it. It's the Halloween show that I do for them uh, the past couple of years, and I do a lot of production and voices, and it's a big deal, and it takes a lot of time and effort, which is why I'm not a 100% positive I'm doing one this year. I'm like 83% positive I'm doing one. I really want to. I love it. I'm very proud of them, and I don't want to miss it, but uh, there's a lot going on this month, man it's it's halloween month it's it's not a day it's halloween month and there's there's a lot going on on needless dot where we have 31 days of halloween with special features by beth v by rt yule uh, we've got saturday features this year and of course we have our coverage of the sci-fi channels 31 days of halloween schedule which is really fucking funny this year Uh, The first couple of days, maybe, are just kind of your normal, oh yeah, Phantom's making funny little comments, but it really picks up. I did some great stuff last night. I I wrote some really funny shit last night, like to the point where I wanted to send it to people and be like, hey, look at this. Uh, So check that out. But before we get any further, today's episode is brought to you by... Super 8 Monster Movie Madness, presented by Monsterama. That's right, Friday, October 24th from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. at the DeFour Center. Join all your favorite creatures for an evening of Super 8 Monster films from your pals at Monsterama and at DFC. Admission is free with a donation of a non-perishable food item for the Atlanta In-Town Food Pantry. Author Timothy Price will be screening a barrage of Super 8 monster films featuring Godzilla, The Creature, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, and many more. In addition, there will be vendors, guests, costumes, a cash bar, and lots of surprises. This is a family-friendly event. Come celebrate Halloween and have a great night of classic film and gigantic fun. Okay, I'm going to be there. I am one of the special guests. I do not know what I'm going to be doing yet. Uh, Originally, we had talked about kind of a hosting thing. Uh, I don't know how much hosting there will be, though, because Tim will be presenting his movies. So there's no need for me to say, and now here's Tim, and Tim to say, and now here's Godzilla. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I will be there. There has been talk of me doing something I have never done before which is always exciting for me because I like finding out what I can and can and cannot do so we'll see but the bottom line is come out to the DeForest Center Friday October 24th it's going to be a great time it's put on by the folks at Monsterama which I did not get to go to this year but I hear it was incredible and I found out yesterday that I will be able to go next year so that is very exciting. I already have plans for the first weekend of October in 2015, and that's the sort of thing that happens sometimes. Pardon me, my throat is a little raw. I had to have some cool, refreshing water because it is early in the afternoon and it's not time for adult beverages yet. Uh, but I will be having some tonight when we go to Chambers of Horror at the Masquerade, and I'll have a full report on that, probably on the site, but uh, maybe on the podcast, depending on how the episodes shake out. Anyway, you know you can find the Needless Things podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and on NeedlessThingsSite.com. It's time to talk about today's episode. This was literally the biggest episode we've ever had. I had five guests Or rather, okay, here's how I like to look at it. I am the host. Uh, I had two of the Needless Things staffers on. uh, Beth V., which is her second time on the show. Go back and listen to our Doctor Who retrospective if you want to hear more from her. And Richard Yule, who is uh, also a writer for the site now. Officially a writer for the site. And it's the first time he's been on and he's great and we had a lot of fun. So I, I don't want to think of them as guests because they're, they're part of the Needless Things family. So they were on and we also had Ryan Cadaver and this is his first time on the Needless Things podcast, but he was on the very first Earth Station boo. We have Nathan Hamilton, son of celluloid. This is his first time on. And then, of course, we have Jonathan Williams. This is his first time on as a guest. Uh, He has been on as a spectator before for the Charlotte Poo Poo Story, which if you go back to this year's Heroes Con uh, report, you can hear all about that if you really want to, which you probably don't. So we've got a a full house, and I have traditionally had a rule – and I, this is one of those things where if I didn't tell you guys, you probably wouldn't even notice. And you may not notice anyway because I, I don't think – there are no problems by any means. The only problem is that everybody didn't get to talk as much as I think I would have liked everybody to talk or everybody would have liked to talk. Uh, Six is a lot for one episode, and I have traditionally had a rule where four is, is kind of the max. You don't really want more than four people on – and I, I think I learned that that's correct. And everybody was great, and we weren't talking over each other. I mean, I, I think I did it uh, from time to time, but it was more in the interest of just kind of keeping things going. But we we worked really well and had a great time, but I just feel like there's so much more that could have been said. Like, I could have done a full episode with each one of these people. Uh, I, I really, really could have. It would have been a lot of fun, but but we had fun, and I wanted a big show to kick off the Halloween season. So it's cool. I mean, I'm uh, I really am happy with what we did, but I know now that that six is too many. Six of us is is just uh, six interesting people have six hours worth of interesting things to say. You know, at a bare minimum at, at one sitting. You know, let alone cramming everybody into an hour and a half which by the way i am quite impressed with myself for for keeping that hour and a half on there because i i wanted to keep it at 60 to 90 minutes because i i realized 90 minutes that's that's kind of the threshold that the, you know, once you get to 90 minutes people are really investing a lot i mean asking you guys to listen to me for 10 minutes is uh is asking a lot so 90 is you know thanks for doing that uh but anyway, I don't really have any more spooky news right now. We've got four more episodes. I'll be covering what's going on the rest of the month a little bit more in each episode. Uh, the thing on the 24th is kind of my big deal. And there, there are no MCW shows that I'm going to be part of, but they will be appearing at Chambers of Horror on October 15th. But I'll talk more about that in the next episode. So, without further ado... I think it's time to go ahead and get into a conversation uh, about fear and about how the horror business cashes in on fear. We get to talking about some personal stuff. I mean, not too personal, not you know, not weird shit, but you know, I I, I reveal my deepest, darkest fear. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that. And here we go. for another episode of the Needless Things podcast. But now, this is a very special episode because it's kicking off 31 days of Halloween here on Needless Things. Uh, I wanted to do something a little different this year. I- I'm going to try and record, honestly, as many podcasts as I can throughout the month of October. Obviously, they're all going to focus on Halloween-oriented things. Uh, and this one is... I wanted to start off big, uh, literally big. So I've got five panelists on tonight... Uh five people that are going to provide some really entertaining stuff everybody has varied interests but we all love horror and we all love halloween so this this is going to be a whole lot of fun i just hope we can keep it down to under eight hours that's 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 my big goal for tonight uh first i want to introduce my one of my writers for needless things who has recently really uh become a a big part of the site and has been contributing a whole lot, uh, mostly in Dragon Con coverage, but certainly a lot is to come this month. Uh, Beth V, welcome back to the podcast.
3: Well, thank you. How are you doing tonight? Super. I've got my glass of wine. I'm good to go.
2: Excellent. That's that's really all we can ask. Uh, and now I want to welcome for the first time to the podcast uh, another writer for Needless Things who has contributed some awesome Lego stuff uh, as well as some words on movies and just nerd life in general, which is what we love. Uh, Richard, welcome. It's so nice to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself since this is your first time.
4: Uh, thanks, Phantom. Thanks for having me on. Um, uh, well, I... I've been a writer for about 5 years now. I write under um the name RT Yule. Um I write horror stuff. I've got a novella out and uh three short stories. And where can we find them? Uh they're on Amazon Kindle um, mainly. So if you just type in RT Yule, that's E W E L L, my name will pop up and you can see my stuff there. Very cool.
2: Uh, and, and everybody else I've realized, I've talked to you guys before, but this is the first time on the actual Needless Things podcast, uh, Nathan, this is your first time. We, we've we not gotten together to do anything like this before. I'm really excited to have you here tonight. I'm glad you could make the time because I know we're heading into your busy season.
5: Uh, welcome to the podcast and tell us about yourself. Ah, it's great to be here, man. Uh, like I said, I'm Nathan Hamilton, a.k.a. the Son of Celluloid. I write the horror blog, Son of Celluloid, also the Son of Celluloid show on YouTube. I do the podcasts Horror Business and Missing Link Mixtape on the From Dust Till Con Network. And like you said, this is my busy season because this month I'll be causing nightmares and soil drawers at Netherworld Haunted House in Atlanta all month long.
2: And that's awesome. I knew when I talked to you uh, about doing this, I was like, all right, I've probably got like a a 10 to 14 day window to get this done before you're going to disappear into the Netherworld.
5: Oh, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That is my life as far as October goes. Yeah.
2: And uh, Ryan... Welcome to the Needless Things podcast. We have talked before on the very first podcast that I hosted, actually, for the ESO network, Earth Station Boo, a couple of years ago. Uh, but it's nice to have you here on my home podcast. Welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourself.
6: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I'm Ryan Cadaver, the vocalist for the Casket Creatures. uh Probably the drunkest horror rock band around. <laughs> <laughs> And uh yeah man it's just an honor to be here man. I love the show, love the blog. I'm a fan. And and I'm
2: glad we could time this right for you too cuz I know this is getting ready to be a busy time of year yeah. for you
6: guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to be ape shit crazy here soon. Like kicking off October 1st is just non so I'm looking at the schedule right now and it's like it's exciting as hell but also I'm like oh my god. <laughs> Why do we book so many shows?
2: Well, if you check out uh, the casket creatures on Facebook, you'll see you guys recently put up your your October schedule, but
6: I don't it wasn't complete, was it? There's still a couple things we're going to add to it, but yeah, that's a couple crazy. unconfirmed things.
2: And finally, uh, also first time on the show, I guess as a panelist, you were here once before for me to tell my wonderful story about my adventure uh, pooping in Charlotte, North Carolina, but th- this is your first time uh, contributing, really. Uh, Jonathan, welcome.
1: Well, thanks for having me again. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure if you were going to remember that. I was going to say, speaking of horror, uh, <laughs> that, that was a horrific story, but an entertaining one. Uh, and
2: uh, what, what do you do? What are your credentials?
1: Uh, I guess my main thing is WrestlingWithPopCulture.com which is my blog. Um, I also host a podcast for the Georgia Wrestling History Radio Network called Georgia Wrestling Now. Uh, and I contribute occasionally to Creative Loafing and other publications. Um, I used to do that a lot more, but then I started my own thing and kind of been focusing on that for the past couple of years at least.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for being here, man. And I know uh, really all of us going into this season, I think our schedules probably get a lot busier. And for anybody that may have tuned in, because I'm going to hashtag the hell out of this thing, I'm going to promote it like crazy. So it's entirely possible somebody could be listening who just happened across the Needless Things podcast and doesn't know who I am. Uh I'm Phantom Troublemaker. I run NeedlessThingssite.com and the Needless Things podcast. Uh lots and lots of toy reviews, but also we talk about conventions and movies and music and and everything pop culture. And and I I will tell you this, Jonathan, you have branded wrestling with pop culture so thoroughly that anytime I mention the fact that Needless Things covers wrestling and pop culture, <laughs> I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm, I'm like name dropping your site into that.
1: Oh, well, thank you.
2: It's, uh, it's, it, well, it's, it's just a clever name, one that I'm quite jealous of, to be honest. But we're not going to talk about jealousy tonight. We are going to talk about fear and horror in each of our personal histories with those subjects. Uh, I want to start off a little more fun just with how everybody sort of discovered the horror genre, whether it was through novels, movies, uh, h- however you came into it and it became part of your life. And
5: I'd like to start with Nathan. All right. Well, I actually came to it through a very, very interesting way. Um, I'm a preacher's kid. My family was very, very religious growing up. We were Jesus gypsies, you know, traveling around, traveling evangelists. Dad preached, mom sang, and I looked cute. And... I I I eventually discovered that I had this draw towards everything macabre and frightening because, like, you know, I was all about, you know, going through church is all about the book of Revelations. And I was like, I got – remember my parents being called in one too many times to Sunday school and we were drawing Bible stories and I'd have a really bloody depiction of, you know, David holding Goliath's severed head or the crucifixion <laughs> or something like that. They were rather concerned about me when I was a kid. But uh, eventually – since horror wasn't kosher in my household, I didn't get to it until I was 12 years old. And late at night one night on this little black-and-white TV I had on some long-forgotten UHF station, I caught a screening of Night of the Living Dead. Wow. And from then, it was over from there. Everything horror was exactly what I was about. And from there on, I you know raided every video store and was an addict of uh, Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs and just took in everything horror I possibly could. And it's more or less come to define me.
2: So that you, you had that wonderful experience and I think everybody here is, is of probably the same generation that we all grew up in the video stores just grabbing whatever VHS tape had the most lurid, weird cover.
5: I was a, I was a pre-internet movie pirate. I had like the, the two VCRs and I would rent every movie I could and copy them. And yeah, I had yeah, a yeah. huge selection of dubbed deep, dubbed uh, VHS tapes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Richard, how, how did you come to love horror?
4: Um well, growing up uh in the nineties, I uh I fell in love with Full Moon and a lot of the cheesy horror movies that um everybody kinda fell in love with, I think. Mm. But it really came about in uh early two thousand when Saw and Hostel and those movies came out, I really got addicted to almost all things horror. So that was my big thing and then um I was part of a website called Dark Obsessions and it was a horror message board and we did that for for a few years too.
2: Oh very cool So that's early internet days really
4: well yeah two th- I think I, I think I joined them about um, I'd say about two thousand three or so um, when I started when I joined them with that site
2: so definitely predating the the sort of the podcast in the format we know now where people get together to talk about stuff.
4: Definitely. And in fact, it's still um it's still around, but it's sort of a graveyard and nobody really talks on it, but it's still there. It's got a Facebook page that's pretty active.
2: Very cool. Uh Beth, what is your history with horror?
3: Um I think it kind of started really young for me i was a little kid and my parents didn't give a crap what i watched and they were really into sci-fi so we would watch a lot of twilight zone and night gallery and uh, there was a lot of crossover in the late 70s and early 80s between sci-fi and horror before they kind of fully split apart when the slasher films and the demonic stuff kind of came in there and made them really two separate things um, and since i actually grew up in a cabin in the woods The first time I saw Friday the 13th, I was absolutely terrified. I think I rented it immediately when it came out on video and discovered that I enjoyed being terrified. And it kind of went from there. Like you said, with the video store, I would just walk in and go, hey, Jack Frost, that looks terrible. Let me watch that. Or, oh, Frankenhooker's got the shiniest box out here. (laughs) The shiniest talking box. The shiniest talking box. It all just kind of went from there, um, and I've been into horror movies and zombies and anything related to horror ever since.
2: Uh, Jonathan, what's your your history? How'd you get here?
1: Um, I I don't know if I can recall where it started, but I mean, I just going back to my earliest memories, I always liked halloween i always liked monsters and monster movies um comic books that dealt with horror um uh, i'm trying to think everybody else has kind of had a, a singular type thing that that they remember i don't remember the first thing but i do remember uh when we got a vcr like nathan was saying um most of the stuff that I wanted to rent was wrestling and horror movies. Um, and that's obviously carried over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for, for a few of us, I think here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always liked, like when when it was Halloween time, my, uh, my uncle and I would always decorate our house, uh, like, uh, like a haunted house almost. And, uh, I always got into that. We had a very elaborate, uh, front yard and roof and everything. Um, and I always loved all the Halloween cartoons like Charlie Brown and everything. And, um, I guess the first horror movie that I really, really got into was the nightmare on Elm street series. But, uh, I mean, there were obviously movies before that, that I, that I liked. Um, so I don't know. I hope that, I hope that answers your question.
2: No, that's cool though. I mean, it provides a good history of, of, uh, just the fact that you've been immersed in it for so long which uh you know we all have to one extent or another and uh ryan what what is your history you've you've got uh, yours is almost heritage
6: (laughs) oh i know yeah yeah so i mean i mean a lot of mine comes from my dad i mean my dad was just always obsessed with horror as a kid and he was into you know alice cooper and you know black sabbath and it kind of carried over to me and uh I mean, I was kind of the weird kid in school, like, and I'm not talking about, like, high school, like, you know, oh, look at the weird goth kid. I mean, this is, like, early, like, elementary school. (laughs) I'm wearing shirts with zombies on it and, like, horror movie t-shirts. Like, I mean, I I was in it just right off the bat. And it's because I grew up in a household where it was perfectly normal. I mean, like, I saw The Exorcist when I was, like, six. I mean, I just, like, I... I've just I, it's it's always been around me, and uh, I, I do remember like you know not not many movies scare me because I was introduced to it so early, but uh, I remember it terrified me, and I think that how much it terrified me, like and it, I I it took forever before I saw the full movie, you know, but like just my dad showing showing clips of it, you know, with the uh, clown in the sewer, you know, he's like, hey, watch this, watch this, I'm just like you know freaking out, like crying in a corner, and he's like laughing, but. <laughs> That being said, I love them for it because I mean it made me who I am, you know. And and uh, like I said, I mean I just you know I grew up with them, I've always loved horror, you know. You know I I uh, you know we we did a lot of home haunt stuff together, me and my dad. You know we we uh, you know decorate the garage and and uh, do a little haunted house for the kids for free and shit. And it's just something I've always been passionate about. And I was always passionate about music too. And that just kind of once I finally figured out, I don't know why it took me so fucking long to crack the code, but when I did, uh, I was like, "Oh, horror and music, I can do that. That's a thing." And then it just, you know, that—that's me in a nutshell.
2: Awesome. That's yeah, and and it clearly is too. It takes about two seconds of uh, of meeting you and being in your presence <laughs> to, to pick up on that. You're, it's it's awesome that you were so immersed. Uh, my own history, uh, my parents were super, super straight-laced, like very, uh, southern Baptist, uh, very, uh, no, no drinky, no dancey, but my grandmother was way into like Stephen King books and horror stuff, and when we would go visit my grandparents, uh, in the, in the evenings when everybody else kind of went to bed, me and Granny would stay up and watch Hammer Horror movies on, you know, the, the midnight movie show. And I would read her Stephen King books and stuff. So my grandmother is the one that got me kind of started on enjoying horror. Uh, and then the first movie I saw, and I'm sure it wasn't the first horror movie I saw, cause I have, I have memories of seeing uh, you know, all, all the hammer stuff, the mummy one stands out, but the the first time I realized that I truly loved horror movies was when I saw Phantasm. Uh, that movie just blew my fucking mind. I, I, it still blows my mind, cause it, it doesn't make a fucking lick of sense, but it's beautiful and weird and creepy, uh, and it, it's just, it was very impactful on me. And I think because of it, my my taste towards horror tends to be towards some of the stranger stuff. But what's so interesting about the genre is there's so many different facets of horror and suspense and thrill. You've got gore. uh, You've got pure suspense stuff. You've got more monster-oriented stuff. You've got the horror of humanity. You've got zombies. There's so many different forms of horror movie and novel and everything else out there what are you guys what what do you feel like you lean toward i don't know if this is something you've even really thought about uh but what you know do you prefer gore do you prefer the stuff where you're sitting there waiting for something fucking horrible to happen what what's your preference um i'll I'll
3: go first uh i I really, really still, even though they're starting to get annoying, gravitate towards zombie movies, and it took me a long time to figure out why, but once I realized it totally made sense, is what I really like about it is that the, it's, it truly is always the end of the world in a zombie movie, even if the movie doesn't show it, it ends before it gets to there, you know, with most horror movies, you get away, or you, you kill the bad guy, or you get away from the evil thing, and you're going to be okay, you may sure. spend the rest of your life in therapy and and living in a rubber room, but you'll be alive. <laughs> but with zombies, you escape one, or you get away from a group. And around the corner, there's another group or a bigger group. And even if you do find somewhere safe to be, you're kind of just safe to slowly starve to death, or safe to die horribly in some other fashion. Right. So it's right. like sort of a it's an in, an inescapable inevitability of death just no matter what happens in the movie you know that right after the credits roll everybody dies anyway and that's what i've always really liked about zombie movies and still kind of do even though they're getting a little a little tired
2: <laughs> that's that's so fucking dark <laughs> <laughs> i like zombies because everybody's screwed <laughs> that's awesome what about you guys anybody else got a, got a particular facet of the genre they enjoy the most
5: I'm a straight up gore hound,
2: honestly. <laughs>
5: I, I, I love gore, but even aside from that, I think one of the things about horror movies that I always gravitate towards is the human aspect. So most of my favorite movies are about like the depths of depravity that humans are capable of, because that's honestly the scariest thing humanly possible is your fellow man and what could be lurking behind their eyes and lurking in their minds. And even <clears> even <throat> when you even when you go into you know monsters and stuff. A lot of the ones I like have more of a human element, like going back to, you know, the or universal monsters. They all had something very human about, it. like the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's all about, you know, people encroaching on your territory. And you, you know, I like monsters can identify with. So I, it, it's all a human element of either you can identify with a monster or you're, the monster is the human. And you just can't, you, you know that you have that within you somewhere down deep. And it's almost like you're exercising those demons by watching it happen and not doing it yourself.
2: Well, and that is kind of the creepiest stuff because when when it is something like, you know, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer or or, you know, Saw or whatever, that stuff where you look at it and you're like, there's nothing supernatural here. There's no monster. There's no, you know, hocus pocus voodoo bullshit. This is just a horrible freak doing some shit and this is probably going on somewhere in the world
5: yeah you know that even if even if it's not being done you know someone out there has the capacity to do it and has thought about it and maybe has the means to do it and probably will at some point yeah
2: yeah that's definitely creepy stuff uh richard what about you
4: yeah i guess i lean more towards uh the gore stuff, but more specifically, uh, torture porn, I guess, is what it's labeled. You know, the saw stuff and yeah. hostile, and, and and I'm not really even sure why, because I'm a relatively normal guy. But for,
2: for, <laughs> those are the ones to look out I, I for. Know. You're on this show. <laughs> like there's something
5: not normal about you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I, I think Rob Zombie had a little bit to do with it because um House of a Thousand Corpses and uh, Devil's Rejects; those were the first two that kind of, you know. I opened me up to a world I didn't really know about and saw, I think might have been before Devils Rejects, but all that time period just kind of brought that in. And I don't know. I just, I guess it's the, I guess cause I know it's fake and I know I can watch it and know nothing bad is happening. Right. I, I think that's part of it. Cause I can watch stuff like Sons of the Lambs and it creeps me out. Because mm-hmm. I just, you know, that's just more realistic to me, I guess. I, I don't know. It's all kind of, kind of blurs together. But I definitely, um, look for that, that kind of horror. Well,
2: I feel like what's interesting about the, the, the torture stuff is, is really just the innovation. Because,
4: yes. I, I mean, got, Saw, I Saw was, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's seeing all of the different ways that, you know, basically mundane stuff that that you could run into in any hardware store or anywhere else uh, could be used, and and also how the effects can be created to make these things look realistic and, and look like you know it's got to look real or you don't give a shit. You don't sit there, you know, grinding your teeth on the edge of your seat because the arm that's getting ripped off looks fake. Uh, I think yeah. the effects are a big, big part of those movies and why they, they work when they work.
4: Well, and a, a lot of them are low budget, too, and they still work. I mean, Saw was a relatively cheap movie to make and done in a short amount of time, and it, it's an excellent movie.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like what uh, you said about the household items because how many of us haven't looked around <laughs> our house and thought, you know, I could do horrible things to someone with this?
3: Yes. <laughs> I do. Okay. At, at least once a week. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Well, and that plays into the zombie thing, too, because, you know, not only do you have the, oh, I see that weed whacker on the wall, and if that guy next door pisses me off again, I'd love to just take it to his face. But at the same time, you can also watch a zombie movie and think, all right, if the shit hit the fan right now, how much stuff do I have in the house that could take down zombies?
3: i I frequently thought about that.
2: (laughs) Uh anybody else what what are your favorite aspects of horror?
6: Yeah, I'll go. Um so yeah, I think I I don't know why. Like I see I used to love zombie movies and I still do. Like I appreciate a good zombie movie, but I really think the original Dawn of the Dead ruined it for me because I I loved that movie and I loved it so much as a kid that I can't nothing compares to it. That <laughs> yeah. just uh, that movie's great. Like the the fear, the gore, everything is there and it's just a perfect movie in my opinion. Um but I think nowadays I lean, I lean a little more towards the uh the hocus pocus bullshit as you called it. <laughs> no, I just I mean I, I, I'm into the demon possession, the ghost, uh not so much like these newer movies that are coming out that you know, the P G thirteen ratings that are meant to scare teenagers. But I mean just in general, like movies like Witchboard and, and you know, Evil Dead and just, you know, shit like that that Yeah. You know, I, that's just the stuff I've always been interested in. Just the supernatural, really. A good supernatural horror movie is rare, but the good ones stick with you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because, the, you know, as much as you, you know, you may consciously go into it thinking, you know, whatever your stance may be on the supernatural, you, you go into it thinking, well, at the very least, this is unlikely. Yeah. But a good a good one grabs a hold of you and makes you forget that thought. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you... And you get caught up in it, and you think, what if? And, and that's what's effective about the good ones.
6: Yeah. And the good ones are hard to find. I'll admit that. And that's, you know, that, that's the thing about today's movies. I mean, there's not many good, you know, ghost movies or, you know, deep yeah. movies.
2: Although they're working. Um, I've I thoroughly enjoyed The Conjuring.
6: I liked it, too. I, I heard a lot of flack about it, but I liked it. I like that and Insidious, actually. I thought Insidious was creepy as hell. Like, after I saw it in the theater, I was wigged out. And that okay. really happens to me.
2: There was a spate of movies with one-word titles that I got really confused <laughs> as to which one is which. There's the one about Ethan Hawke wearing an ugly sweater.
6: No. Sin- sinister.
2: Oh. Sinister. Okay. I personally was not crazy about Sin. Which one was Insidious?
6: It's the one with the, uh, the red-faced demon and the kid that... Astral projects himself to like the, the realm of the dead, the further. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Really there was a song a... about the further. <laughs> I can't remember who did it, though. Wow. I don't know.
5: <laughs> Jonathan, what were you
1: saying? Oh, there was a sequel to Insidious as well that was also good, I thought.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah it was... very good. Same cast. It fills yeah. in all the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, this is an important thing to me. Uh, and it's something that doesn't often happen with horror movies because, you know, when it's a horror movie, chances are it's, it's lower budget. Um, it's probably featuring some lesser known, if not unknown actors. So if it does happen to do well enough to warrant a sequel, a lot of times you don't get the same cast back, uh, and i think it's really cool when you do uh like with insidious and insidious 2 having the same cast or with uh the exorcist you know managing to hang on to linda blair for the second one uh when how how important do you guys think that is to a horror franchise to have at least one central protagonist type character
6: i think it depends if it's a slasher it doesn't really matter <laughs> right well, you
5: still got to have that central slasher character.
6: That's true. That's true.
5: Yeah, but when you've got, like, let's say
2: Tommy from uh, Friday the 13th, like, did he, was he really necessary to, to anything? Like, when you've got something like that, you know, there's a difference between, you know, wanting to continue the story and just wanting to have the same name, which sometimes isn't even the same actor, uh, but it'll be a recurring character. Does does that kind of stuff really matter to a franchise, or is it just like, eh, we, you know, as long as Jason or Freddy or whoever is still around, the the victims don't matter.
3: Like it doesn't Ra- matter if uh, if Ethan Hawke is the character coming back, then we don't need it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Agreed.
3: I, I could not get into that movie because I just hate him so much. Yeah. Um,
2: well, <laughs> he's so glad he broke Winona Ryder's heart. I mean, come on.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's not why I don't like him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why don't you like him? that's why i don't like him
3: it's it's something about his face he just has this this sorry look on his face like oh i suck i can't help it oh i just want to smack him i hate him and if he he's didn't gonna do be anything a, to me personally it's just that look on his face
2: and if he's going to be in a horror movie and not have the courtesy to die then that's just awful
3: he did die in one that i saw i can't remember which one it was it was fairly recent a home invasion kind of movie he died in it that was excellent.
2: I'll have to check that out. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll be back with the Ethan Hawk cast later this month. Um but what franchise-wise, what what are you guys everybody's got to have their favorite franchise. Personally, uh Nightmare on Elm Street I think is the one that clicks the most with me regardless of the cheesiness. I just I love the concept of Freddy uh, I love a lot of the things that they did with him and the way that they bring him back that, you know, maybe every once in a while, everybody forgets about Freddy and he loses his power and has to figure out a way to come back. I just, everything about that franchise appeals to me because it combines the slasher with the supernatural hoodoo bullshit with okay.
6: hocus pocus bullshit. Yes. Ho- hocus pocus <laughs>
2: bullshit. Uh, well, I, with I just, yeah. Oh, no, no, that's that's also a later episode of the podcast. The Hocus Pocus cast will be uh, here
5: at the end of October. Uh, But what do you guys like franchise wise? Well, my sentimental favorite is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because at Netherworld, I am the chainsaw guy. Yeah, the saw is family. But, you know, my character, there's Ralph Sawyer. I'm a member of the Sawyer clan, the whole thing. So, I, I have a special place in my heart for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but simply on a cinematic level, I'm going to have to say Hellraiser. Ah, uh, yeah. At least the first four. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, that first Hellraiser remains one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, surprise. There, there's a lot of franchises, for some reason, where part two is my favorite. Like, I, part, Texas Chainsaw 2 is my favorite of the series. Mm. Phantasm 2 is my favorite of that one. Mm. And hellraisers no different i'm the first one don't get me wrong amazing movie but hellbound is my definitely my favorite of the series
2: and it's interesting because there's like this weird parallel with halloween where it goes from you know being the 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 neighborhood the house the whatever to the hospital yeah and and it's a direct uh continuation which i i love that
5: and that i like movies like that like they did that in the uh Oh, God, the Hatchet series, too. Yes. Where the next movie picks up, like, a few minutes after the last one ends, and I love that kind of continuation of the story. Yeah, that's
2: always, and and it's really cool when you don't realize that's what it's going to be, when you go in and you sit down, and you're like, holy shit, this is the closing scene from the last movie, and then it just kicks in, and you're like, wow, this is, you know, this is a reason to have made a sequel. There's more story, there's literally more story to tell. Exactly who else favorite franchises
4: I think for me um I, I say Saw and Hostel and all that but but really I I think Texas Chainsaw is mine but it might might uh, disgust y'all but when, when the remake had come out I had never seen the original mm-hmm. <laughs> so
6: so the that remake
4: hurts was my heart, man. I I know I know I know I'm sorry.
6: I didn't think you could disgust us but you may have. I, I know I know
4: all the torture porn aside. <laughs> um no but but um so I love that one and but then I it opened my eyes to the old one, so I went back and watched all of them, you know. And uh, I even like the new the the beginning and that horrible last one but I had so much fun with it. I um,
2: didn't care for uh the, the beginning, the one that was mainly about early Ermi's character. I guess the sequel to the remake. Yeah, yeah, it gets confusing. But I really dug this last one that came out that is, I guess, a sequel to the original that disregards, uh, two and Leatherface and Next Generation, although I'm not sure where Next Generation. Okay. Let me tell you guys this. Here's, here's a thing to get input on. In my ideal horror world, in, in my head, where sometimes horror movies work like the Marvel cinematic universe, um, Halloween six and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation take place in the same universe because they both have that weird, like Illuminati cabal type presence and, mm. and there's a, there's this weird organization that's controlling all the slashers which is kind of like the hack slash comic book but i promise you i had this idea before i read that comic but uh do you think it we there could be could we get to the point where we could have a horror
5: style version of the avengers and could it be good I' simply for you know i'm gonna be the you know i'm going to piss on everybody's party here do it <laughs> the, the the problem with that that why it would never ha- it would be amazing i would i would give a nut to see that <laughs> but i think the reason that, the the problem is every different people own the rights to every character barring that barring that. This, okay, this, is a, yes. this is
2: a world where we don't worry about who owns what or licensing or any of that kind of stuff. This is like eventually, cause if Batman 66 can come out on DVD, then
5: anything can happen. Okay. Well, and if that, if that's happening, I want to see like they used to do with the, uh, universe eventually with the universal monsters they got to like ghost of frankenstein and house of dracula we just throw everybody yes. in there doesn't, yes. it doesn't make sense why they're there do they just kind of walk across screen right, yeah. right. i want to get back to that like okay i'll throw this out i was actually discussing on a podcast last night we were talking about horror movie mashups mm-hmm. if we're talking about everything happening in the same universe here's a movie i want to see someone does something horrible to somebody's loved one and they call upon Pumpkinhead for vengeance. Sure. Before Pumpkinhead can get to said person, said person opens the puzzle box. <laughs> okay. Now, Pumpkinhead and the Cinnabites both have equal claim to this person's soul, but they have to duke it out to see who's going to take it. Oh wow! How fucking cool would that be?
2: That would be great. And and talk about characters that, you know, in our weird little world where this could happen. I mean that that one. As as unlikely as a combination as it is, licensing and rights wise, you know it's not as unlikely as a lot of other combinations. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome! I like that. Uh, anybody else got any input on on weird horror crossover stuff?
6: Well, I mean, so uh, like it would be awesome, uh, obviously. Like you know, if you had Jason and Freddy and Pinhead like on the same screen, it'd be amazing. But to counter that, would they have like? A team against them, maybe like, you know, Ash and Reggie Bannister and, you know, like some of the badasses and, going against them. And the, that kids, would be and the kids
2: from Monster Squad grown up. Yes. yes. <laughs>
6: yeah, Heather Langenkamp.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there, there are a lot of uh, – so much of my mind, I guess, has been devoted to, to the comic book version of this happening for so long, and now that's happened – and I I can't say I ever really like when Freddy versus Jason happened or when Alien and Predator happened. You know, Alien and Predator had coexisted in the Dark Horse comics for a long time before those movies occurred. So it didn't really, you know, the movies were fucking horrible. But yeah. the fact that they happened wasn't that big a deal to me. Um, Freddy versus Jason wasn't something that I had ever really thought about because they're so different. And to me, their worlds are so different, but I think there are a lot of characters, like you said, that the, the scenario with Pumpkinhead and, and the Cenobites, like that totally makes sense. That's totally feasible. And, and their worlds could coexist. So it's, it's kind of interesting just, just to think where we could be with the way
5: media is happening. Now, you know, what is possible out there? Oh, here, here's one for you. All right. Let's say Belial and – I can't remember the uh, – the, and I can't remember – You just started with Belial. Oh, yeah. Belial and I can't remember his brother's name from uh, Basket. Who cares about his right? brother? Are look, are, they had never been separated like they were in the – sequels didn't happen. We're rebooting. Okay. And they're looking for a doctor who can separate them. Okay. So they answer an ad from a doctor who turns out to be Dr. Heiter from – Human centipede. Oh no! Who has tricked <laughs> them? And instead of wanting to separate them, wants to connect more things to them.
2: <laughs> I'd watch that. Absolutely. Wow. You'd have there, to have laser. If we're, lasers, if we're
5: opening up all the possibilities, there's a million of them, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There are. That's a whole other show. Uh, so, have <laughs> having uh, kind of skimmed over horror movies a bit. Uh, to introduce our, our next topic, I'm going to give you my example so you'll kind of get where we're going now. I wanted to talk about fear and how fear relates to our love of horror. Uh, but I think everybody probably has one very sensitive spot, like an Achilles tendon of horror. and And my own is Aliens. And I'm not talking about xenomorphs or critters or anything like that. I'm talking about greys. The yeah. big headed, creepy fucking aliens that if there are aliens, whether they're from outer space or another dimension or wherever they may be from, you know, gen- it's generally accepted that that's what they look like. I can't handle them. Uh, I can't. The scariest movie I mentioned Hellraiser as one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Literally the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life as far as the impact it had on me at the time that I saw it was E.T. Because <laughs> when E.T., when E.T. turned white, I flipped my shit. Uh, when we got back, I saw it in the movie theater. I was, uh, seven years old. And when we got back to the house, I made my dad get out of the car. And go in the house and make sure there were no ETs in the house. I have not watched that movie since then. Uh, and I fucking can't handle like close encounters, fire in the sky, communion. Communion's fucking scary as shit. And these aren't horror movies, but this is my thing, man. That's what just, that there's some base primal fear of those things in me, and I don't. Like, I've watched them. Every once in a while, I'll decide that I need to, like, not be able to sleep at night for some reason, and I'll watch a movie about those kinds of aliens. Is, uh, you guys, is there, like, a particular primal fear or any kind of, like, quirky weirdness that you just can't handle when it comes to, like, horror movies or a particular type of genre film? Uh Jonathan, let's start with you.
1: Well, I was going to say... Um I didn't really get to answer the the earlier question of favorite genre or whatever. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, go for it.
1: But that kind of connects. I was going to say I lean towards the uh the sci-fi outer space kind of stuff. Um mostly because I I have a similar it uh it's one of the few things that actually does scare me a little bit. Um I can watch The Exorcist and and even when I was a kid and watched it i mean it i'm not gonna say it didn't scare me at all but it wasn't as scary to me as it seems to have been to other people um and that's true of most movies when i watched nightmare on elm street movies it was more because i liked the character of freddy and he and he became kind of a anti-hero almost and a comical character at times but uh Though all the movies you... Well, E.T. didn't scare me. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I think
2: <laughs> but, I might be alone on that one.
1: <laughs> but Close Encounters is is a little bit scary. I think all the other movies you named, you said they're not horror movies, but there is an element of horror to them. And, uh, like, Signs also had that.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't handle people, that shit either. A lot
1: of people hate that movie. I thought it was a great movie. Um, but, aside from that... Um, I also, like your ET, I have a weird, uh, fear. And it's not actually the movie itself, but the true story. The, the kid that the movie Mask was based on. Okay. That it not, you know, the movie has never scared me, but when that movie came out, I remember there being a People magazine or something that had pictures of the actual guy. And he looked much different from the guy in the movie. And for whatever reason, that, that scared me. Like I couldn't walk down a dark hallway. After seeing that picture on the cover of the magazine. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if that would still scare me, like, if I saw that magazine today. <laughs> well, what if you saw that dude? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if I saw that guy out or someone like that out in the real world, it, I wouldn't be afraid in the sense of, like, thinking he was going to come eat me or something. Right. But, but I would def- it would definitely, like, I wouldn't want to approach him right away
2: (laughs) right well and there's a difference like you were saying with the the difference between you know the alien stuff and and nightmare on elm street there's a difference between that apprehensive fear of of what's going to happen next and what's going to jump out and when are they going to hit the right musical sting and that primal fear that that you can't you know you can't look at through your fingers you know or, or you can't you can't pause it it's just there uh, there's a big difference between fear and, and sort of the apprehension of modern horror movies. Uh, Ryan, do you have a, do you have a horror soft spot?
6: Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, it was definitely Pennywise. Pennywise scared the shit out of me. The sight of him would just terrify me. I'd go running and screaming. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've grown out of that now, obviously, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't, uh, he doesn't freak me out as much, but it's, uh, it's one of those things where you know, like I have a lot of things I was afraid of as a child, but I grew out of it. But gray aliens, actually, that's funny you brought that up because I didn't even think about that. But I mean, that is horrifying. And actually, I've I've been terrified of those since I was a kid because I saw Fire in the Sky, and it freaked me the fuck out. Uh-oh. It was yeah, that movie is terrifying. And uh recently, I saw a. Uh, Pretty recently, I saw VHS 2, and they actually had an awesome... uh, Oh,
2: dude, that was... I had to turn that shit off a couple of times. I finally made my way through it, but oh, my gosh.
6: Yeah, I mean, that freaked me out. That was intense, and it's rare that I get freaked out during (laughs) movies. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and other than that, I'm afraid of heights. That's not that cool, so we won't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Beth, do you have a, a particular fear...
3: I guess I have more like a, a phobia of um like being unable to move, being trapped. So uh that really came out this year at Dragon Con and the Skybridge on Saturday. <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from Dragon Con on Saturdays next time. But um the the best horror movies to me have an aspect of a real fear in them, even if they're not really wholly based in reality, you know, I'm not Afraid I'm going to be trapped on a spaceship, being hunted by aliens that shoot acid. But being trapped in a, a dark place, it's unfamiliar. Being unable to get away from something threatening it is really scary and kind of unnerving to me. So, like Alien, uh, Event Horizon, The Descent, The Thing, all of that kind of stuff, where you're just you're trapped and you can't get away from whatever it is because you literally can't leave, yeah. has always been kind of unnerving to me.
2: Yeah, I totally get that one. That's, and, and me, it's not even necessarily horror related. It's just life related. Like I, I won't go on a cruise. And, and it's not because I think that, you know, deep rising is going to happen. It's because I just don't want to be on a cruise and realize I hate it and be stuck, let alone there be a monster there. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I get that. Ugh. Uh, Richard, do you have a, do you have a horror? Spot of sensitivity.
4: Well, I really hate mice, but I I just tend to stay away from like Willard and those movies. So, but um, I think something came out in my adult life that I didn't really know was there. But I watched the movie The Strangers, Mm -hmm. and that movie creeps me out. I can't. I I can't walk to my car the same way like I used to. Yeah. I mean, I love that movie. I know. I mean, I love it, and I still watch it, but it, it creeps me out. I mean, like. The way the faces will come out like in the bushes from the faraway shots, and that movie was just brilliant. I mean, it really was. But yeah, it's it was very terrifying.
2: And that's another one where it plays upon the the human element of you know this this could happen.
4: Yeah. Well, the scariest part of the movie is why are you doing this to us? Because you are home, right? Well, Well, I'm home. Yeah. What's gonna happen?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a very accessible fear. And uh, finally, Nathan, do, do you? I, I, you know what? I can't even believe that you would have uh, one of these. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, is there anything that truly
5: frightens you to your core? <laughs> uh, people always laugh at me about this one because I totally, like you said, don't seem like the type. I am absolutely terrified of snakes. They absolutely freak. Like I will watch cannibal Holocaust, Serbian film, most extreme shit you can imagine. I have never and will never watch snakes on a plane.
0: Wow. Ever.
5: <laughs> Ever. But I think, <laughs> yeah, I know that's funny. But I think, you know, I, I, like you said, I rarely get scared of films, almost, not because I'm such a badass or whatever. It's just a when I'm watching horror movies, I'm more, I, I watch, I guess I'm too analytical. I watch them thinking, oh, man, check out the lighting in this scene. Or, oh, dude, look at the camera angle right here. It's cool. But any time a movie can take something, like Beth was saying, something real that you experience every day and make it scary, that's when they work the best. There's two examples I can think of. Number one, like I said, the Night of the Living Dead was the first mo- horror movie I saw that I enjoyed. The first one I ever saw was Jaws. Oh, yeah. I, and I saw it in a hotel room at, in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> and it destroyed my vacation. <laughs> I wouldn't even get in the pool. I mean, I was, it was, that was it. Yeah. I built lots of sandcastles that week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you take something like that. And the other one was actually the Blair Witch Project. Because my... And My ritual at that point, it, I, that came out when I was in high school, and I would always sneak out the back door, go back into the woods, smoke a joint, come back in, go to sleep. Well, that night, I'd go back there oh. you know, after seeing it and light up and take a couple puffs and look around. And the wheels start turning. At <laughs> that moment, I wanted nothing more than to be out of those fucking <laughs> woods. You know? I did not want to be there. So anytime you take something real that people actually experience and kind of turn it on its head and make that scary – that's when it really works, or like I said, if it has a fucking serpent in it.
2: <laughs> well, and that is what worked about Blair Witch is, you know, it wasn't even so much uh, the story as the way that it was done. Uh, because, you know, if you, if you went into that just like you would go into any movie, just the way that it was shot and the way... I mean, it's creepy regardless of what the end result is. And I, I can imagine just watching that and then being in some dark woods and it just being a little too much.
5: Yeah, and that was before the whole glut of crappy found footage movies. Right, right, right. That was like a level of reality that we hadn't really seen. You know, Cannibal Holocaust did it way back in the day. Yeah. But, you know, they also had – it was only a part of the movie. The whole movie being shot like that, it made it a lot more real at that time before anyone had seen that over and over and over.
2: Well, and it was such an interesting concept because they – you know, the, it was one of the first things that kind of used viral marketing uh, to, to get over. And it, it, it really was interesting. I look forward someday to, to a retrospective documentary on that movie and, and what it did and the effect. J- just like, you know, Jaws probably is the movie that had the biggest impact on the real world as far as people not wanting to go in the ocean. I mean, it... it Because... Worked on me. Yeah, yeah, it's legit. And everybody that's... I mean, my parents will tell me that, you know, they went to see that movie and they grew up on the beach. You know, they grew up with the ocean as part of their lives. And both of them will admit that after seeing Jaws, it was just spooky. And and they weren't, you know, they weren't ones that were put off of the ocean just because they had spent their whole lives there, but... You know, a whole generation of people didn't want to go in the water. That's just fact, and it's because of a big rubber shark. Uh, what, what are some movies that you guys kind of have to have as, as part of your season? What, what's, what's a franchise or a specific movie that you're like, all right, Halloween is upon us, it's time to get in the spirit? What's something that can t- kind kick of your, kickstart your season?
6: Trick or Treat. I love that movie. That's a perfect Halloween movie.
2: Yeah, yeah.
6: And Halloween 3.
2: Yes. Yeah, Halloween 3. Have you guys seen the masks that they put out this year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my they're gosh. Awesome. Yeah, I, I want them. I want all three of them. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but oh, they're nice. Um, yeah, those are two excellent ones. Uh, Richard, have you, have you got like a specific – when you're trying to get into the Halloween mood, have you got a movie you kind of lean towards
4: – I don't know. It's not really Halloween theme, but um, Dead Snow is one that I watch every Halloween (laughs) just because I I don't know. I just love that movie so much.
2: Okay, Dead Snow. Is that the one with the snow Nazis?
4: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, very good. Uh, And the sequel is getting ready to come out. Oh, awesome. I didn't know they were doing that. On on the 10th. I
2: dig Dead Snow, and I recommend it. But I, to me, Dead Snow's big claim to horror movie fame is that it was the first movie I saw to feature a Blumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you don't I, watch a lot of porn, do you? I, no. Well, okay. The first, the first non-porn movie to to feature a Blumpkin. Although I've got to say, I, I never. <laughs> I can't say I saw one in porn, either. Get with me after the show. I'll point you towards the <laughs> <No, some> stuff. No, <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. I've uh, One one filmed Blumpkin per lifetime is enough for me. Thank you. Um, Jonathan, what, what about you?
1: Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects are definitely high up on that list. Uh, Halloween is an obvious one, I think. Um. I don't know. I can't think of any others that haven't already been mentioned. At least,
2: yeah, and we'll we'll definitely. I mean, there there's there's going to be popular favorites because there's you know the big franchises are they're big franchises for a reason. You know, yeah. Anybody else got some some key ones that are that it's that time of year? I, I
3: always watch uh, Twenty Eight Days Later.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: I yeah. really like that one. And, well, the, and the sequel, not so much. <laughs>
2: what's interesting about that? is, you know, it's lumped in with zombie movies all the time.
3: It's a virus movie. Right,
2: exactly. But it's a fantastic virus movie, and there's a lot that I think zombie movies learned from that movie about the interaction of people. You know,
5: if... if, That all cameramen should have Parkinson's disease.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say something like that. Okay,
5: yeah, and you know what? That's an interesting thing.
2: Shaky Cam... Uh, there are times when it works, which I feel it very much works in Twenty Eight Days Later, and there are times where it does not work. Uh, which I would say about, Diary of the Dead. Oh yeah, or well, I was gonna say House of the Dead. Uh, from yeah, that Clo-
4: Cloverfield. I-, I still can't get through Cloverfield.
3: See for that, oh, I get one, nauseous.
4: <laughs> that I I did
2: Cloverfield. Uh, for me, it worked for what it was. I, I don't. I I think that's not a popular opinion, but uh,
5: I I dug that one. I think shaky cam makes sense in a found footage flick because it's first person. Right. It makes sense that it would be shaking, but when the camera is like, you know, the all-seeing cinematic eye, it makes no sense for it to be shaking. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and, if again, you, and, it and if it's a trick to add tension to the scene, that just means it's badly framed, badly choreographed, and it doesn't have the right score.
2: Well, and they had a... They also didn't feel like the story was working like if you need to add in an element like that then typically it's it's for fear of what's on screen not being good enough mm-hmm.
6: all i'm saying is there was not a single universal monster film that had shaky can
2: yes <laughs> yeah there's also not a single one that's in color though
6: <laughs> well yeah you're right <laughs> and so actually but you know, i do appreciate the test of time i
5: do appreciate your argument though that's a perfect segue into my, my answer to this one. Do it. If I let's say at the be, you know there have been times where I you know at the beginning of the season I'm stressed. I'm just not feeling Halloween. If I need to set the mood, I go monochrome. I go black and white, man. The Universal Monster movies or something like I Walked with a Zombie or you know cat, the original Cat People, something like that. That really sets the Halloween mood for me.
2: Yeah, and I'll, there is something magical about black and white. Uh, and and I don't know. I can't define it. I used to not be a fan. Aside from you know the Universal Monster stuff, I grew up with those were those and the Hammer horror films were the ones that I watched with Granny and that that got me into horror. But you know, I got to a point where I didn't care for black and white. And what brought me around to it again was the black and white cut of The Mist. Ooh yeah, which is fucking incredible if you've not seen it uh, start your Halloween season by
4: watching that I haven't seen the black and white version but the real version is awesome <laughs> <laughs> that, that ending man that ending yeah, that, it, it is the what best a punch ending.
5: in
0: the gut yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the best things and see The Mist was one of my favorite Stephen King short stories and I went into the movie very doubtful I, I it just there was no way the movie was going to work for me and not only did it work, it came out better than the short story, because of that ending and how brutal it was
6: uh and it's, didn't didn't Stephen King actually say something yeah. about that the ending like uh he, he, if he had a thought of that, he would have used that ending in the book Yes, yes, yes yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I love stephen king is is because he's so frank about his work and about adaptations of his work. Like he, he had the, the guy really seems to have no pretension. He's just a, a straight shooter and a storyteller who happens. He to of the Shining,
6: <laughs> the Stanley Kubrick Shining. Yeah, oh. <laughs> well, I'm
5: incredibly jealous of my sister. She grew up in Maine. And oh. when she was a kid around Halloween, Stephen King would come and read to their cl- scary read like Edgar Allan Poe to their class. Holy
6: oh, shit. Oh my god. How cool would that That's have been? A dream, dude.
5: Well, not yeah. not
2: just that, but imagine being in Maine and seeing all the shit that he wrote about all the time. Like I want to go to Maine just to see all cuz all the landmarks from it and all of his stories exist. It's all stuff that's up there. Like you can go check it all out. And so growing up there with all of the creepy stuff that he wrote about, you know, from the stuff that took place in Maine, that would be wild too.
5: Um, I'd like, I'd like to add one last thing if I could here. Yeah, definitely. On um, another thing that will set the Halloween mood immediately, Halloween specials, old TV shows that you can dig up that you, they have that special Halloween episodes. That'll do it like i've got a i've got a tape that i recorded off tv back in 1988 i know from the commercials it's got um the great pumpkin garfield's halloween adventure and dtv monster hits Nice, um, uh, and I will watch that over and over during Halloween season. Some of those old Halloween specials, and it's got the Chicken McNuggets Halloween commercial on it. Oh, awesome! <laughs> the, like uh, all the anything Halloween themed from TV or something that like kicks in. Oh, wait, it's that time, you know?
2: Yeah, and that that's one thing that I miss from from TV being so specialized now is you don't really get that anymore. You know, now there's the Sci Fi Channel and and Thriller. Uh no wait what is it whatever the horror channel is called Ch- the, the Chiller 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 that we don't
5: actually get but like, I don't get it
2: either.
5: <laughs> everything... Rest in peace Fearnet. Yeah oh gosh what happened to Fearnet? Uh, Sony decided they weren't a viable uh, entity anymore. Ugh.
2: But uh, like everything is so specialized we don't get like the major networks doing their Halloween specials and every once in a while I guess they probably still do. Uh, Halloween specials on sitcoms, but I don't watch sitcoms because they're fucking still, terrible. Still she got three house far, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And actually, last year it actually aired before Halloween, didn't it? Really? Because traditionally, it airs like two weeks after Halloween because of football or something.
5: Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I even did that gag football. with uh, Kang and Kodos about that on that yes. one episode.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, I think, I think it was last year or the year before it actually aired on like the 27th or whatever. Like it was before Halloween and it was time appropriate and it was awesome. It was, cause it's almost been depressing in the past to watch the treehouse of horror and be like, you know, this is really cool, but Halloween's over. <laughs> Shit. Halloween's never over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are you guys up to this month? Uh, Nathan, we, we know where you are going to be. Uh, do you want to do a little plug for Netherworld?
5: Absolutely, man. Like, haunted houses are Halloween to me. I worked in my first haunted house when I was 12 years old. So I've been, I've been doing it forever. And here, I'm going to make a comic book reference just for you, Phantom. Oh. There's a, uh, in the DC Vertigo miniseries, Alice Cooper, The Last Temptation, <laughs> written by, written by Neil Gaiman. Yes, There's, a, yes. there is a quote in there that I've always, that has always stuck with me. Once you become the thing that scares, there's nothing to be scared of ever again. That's kind of my motto when it comes to haunted houses, man. There's nothing there's no better therapy than somebody running in terror from you. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. And like so many great stories from it. But come to Netherworld. There are there Atlanta is not hurting for great haunted houses, man. We got AZA going on. We got chambers of horror coming on i always mess that up because there used to be one called chambers of terror and I always get them mixed up well there's of- also
2: chamber of
5: horrors
2: yeah. That, yeah i mean it's 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 easy to get messed up with horror
5: and terror and chiller and thriller right but i'm you know i'm just gonna you know check out all those a lot of them are great there's some crappy ones around too. 13 <laughs> stories, but i mean there, <laughs> there's there's a lot of really good ones but i'm gonna put out a uh, you know the call to mind netherworld we are ranked in the top 10 in just about every countdown you can imagine it's the biggest haunt and i always say there's room for all the haunts everyone does something the other ones don't it's almost like horror movies you got the big budget blockbusters and the you know the little gory you know the gory low budget ones and everything in between we're the big you know hollywood blockbuster of the atlanta haunt scene and I've seen some of the stuff we've got this year. It's all different from last year, and it's going to be fucking amazing. So come check us out at Netherworld. Go to fearworld.com for all the information you need.
2: Well, and that's the thing to think about is, you know, a lot of the haunts are opening up or opened up uh, the last weekend of September and will go until the first weekend of November because Halloween is on Friday night. So you've technically got six weekends in October of haunts. You got plenty of time to visit plenty of different ones.
5: Yep, and if you, and look for me if you come up there during the first couple of weeks, I will be the guy at the end with the chainsaw. If you come in the second half of the season, I'll be wandering the lot with my giant roaches. So come find me and say hi if you come up to up in another world, which you definitely
6: ought to do. What's the etiquette on that? <laughs> like, if you're chasing me with a chainsaw, can I say, hi? "Dude, that happens constantly." I'll jump out and be like,
5: "Hey, Nathan, what's up?" But generally, if you see me terrorizing someone else, no, chill, for, chill for a second. Just <laughs> hang back, and then when I'm done with them, I'll get to you and say hi. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Or if if I'm in, if I'm in the lot, as long as I'm not you know chasing somebody or have someone trapped in a porta potty or something, it's cool to come up and say hi. You know, which which tends to happen a lot in Netherworld. I actually had. Okay, I wander around with the giant Madagascar hissing cockroaches, like the ones they eat on Fear Factor, the big ones. I have a, I raise them. I got a colony of about three hundred at the house, and grown men will run in terror from those things. I had a guy trapped in a porta potty for about twenty minutes. He would not, and if you'd rather hide in a porta potty, you're terrified.
0: <laughs> and <just> the porta potties <laughs> up
5: there are vile. But um, I so I had a couple of fake roaches, which I always keep just for shits and giggles, and I noticed the door wasn't locked. So I threw it up and said, hey buddy, catch. Threw it in his face and slammed the door and held it shut. And he literally knocked the porta potty over.
0: <laughs>
5: oh. And he crawled out oh. covered in raw sewage. It was amazing. Oh. It was
0: amazing.
5: That's way more terrifying. He, oh yeah. Because we scare the shit out of people, literally. <laughs> or you well, we scare under- the shit on people. There's a reason we sell underwear in the gift shop. <laughs> Well,
2: what is, uh, Jonathan, what are your plans for Halloween? Uh,
1: well, those big three are traditions at this point for me uh, Netherworld, Atlanta Zombie Apocalypse, and Chambers of Horror. Um, trying to think, are there any good horror movies coming out? I can't think of any.
3: Annabelle comes out, I think, the first week in October.
1: We said good horror movies.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm
5: hopeful. We don't know yet. We have don't you know seen, yet. Have you seen the trailer? I'm not hopeful from the trailer. I hope the trailer is misleading, and it's good.
1: I'm trying to be hopeful. I saw Gone Girl today. I got to see an advanced screening, and it's uh, really good. It's not horror in some senses, but it is kind of a psychological one. Found Um, came
5: out on DVD today. Everyone needs to pick that one up. What what is it again? Found. F-O-U-N-D. It is – it's – It was number two on my top ten list last year. It is an amazing flick. You can actually get it at Walmart, which is shocking. I found it there today. And it's – I'm surprised something that extreme made it to Walmart. It's – it's one of those movies that actually has an emotional core. There's a point where you're going to feel for this kid, and like there's you know actually a heart wrenching story going on. The next minute, somebody's eating an eyeball and getting <laughs> head from a severed head. You know.
2: You know what? So, speaking speaking of Walmart, I want to thank you for pointing out uh, that Walmart right now has all seven seasons of Tales from the Crypt for ten, 10 bucks, bucks each. Bucks. Yeah. Uh, wow. I and but all right, I found season one by itself. No other seasons. A couple of days later, went to a different Walmart, found seasons three through seven. No season two. So just know that they're out there, but you might have to look for them. But I've I've got to give Walmart credit because right now they have a ton of good, cheap horror sitting there ready. I mean, they've got three end caps and a couple of feature sections of good horror stuff. You can buy like four movies for 10 bucks on one disc. They've got a lot of good stuff in there. And I never, ever advocate going to Walmart. I fucking hate Walmart because they're killing the toy industry. But they've got a lot of Halloween,
5: it's worth it just for the electronics and the cheap-ass T-shirts. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Who else has got some uh, Halloween uh, October plans to share?
6: I have, like, almost too much to share all of it, but I can can hit on the high points. Uh, Yeah, man. Do it. Do it. Yeah, um so we're playing Six Flags uh Fry Fest. The Casket Creatures will be performing uh October fourth and October twenty-sixth. It's the first weekend and the last weekend of October, I believe. And uh we'll be playing throughout the night, we'll be playing three sets. I think we start around seven or eight and we'll be playing throughout the night, you know, till like ten. And uh, yeah, it's always a good time. It's it's one of the rare times you'll see the Casket Creatures play a family friendly set. Which is uh its very interesting to say the least. <laughs> but well, you guys—you guys, you guys
1: totally pull it off, though. Your yeah, Monster plantation have, song is great.
6: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we have a song called "Bats, Blood, and Bitches," and we—we we, were like, "Oh yeah, we could change it to you know, bats, blood, and goblins or something," you know. And we're like, "No, no, screw that. Let's go completely." ridiculous with it so we just changed it to a song about monster plantation it's all of the music all the music's the exact same i just changed all the lyrics and i literally wrote it in the ride i was riding monster plantation going there and writing notes on my phone and like i performed it that night
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> and, uh, one of the greatest things i've ever heard
6: and six flags loved it too they're they even asked this time they're like you're gonna play the monster plantation song i'm like <laughs> yes yes we are and they call it Monster Mansion now, but we're we're staying old school with it because I grew up with the Monster <laughs> PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, definitely FBM PC for that. Come on. <laughs> Don't go in the marsh. <laughs> Don't go in the marsh. <laughs> That's great. We actually say that at one, one point, like there's one point like, right before the solo kicks in, I scream, Don't go in the marsh and then <laughs> solo starts ripping in, and it's like and the kids are just going crazy. They're just like, Yes.
2: That's because that is every kid's favorite ride.
6: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's the only ride with AC, so that's cool. Uh, Yeah. Even in October, it's hot as hell.
2: Beth, have you got any big plans for October?
3: Uh, Well, I've got two posts already written, um, and then I'm going to go see some horror movies. I'm going to see Annabelle. It may suck, but I'm going to go see it. Um, I need to go see Tusk, and it's not classified as horror, but I think it's going to be horrifying. I'm going to go see Left Behind.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) I'm Literally, gonna see wow. it. Oh it's God. gonna be a train
3: I'm wreck. i gonna see that too. Well,
6: gonna be a train Cage. wreck. Is that I, I is think is Nicolas Cage in it now? Y-
3: yes. Oh yeah. Yes. That's, That's the terrifying
6: part. Wow. <laughs>
3: uh huh. Um, I'm probably also gonna go see the the Rift Tracks live Anaconda showing. Because I. Oh, I, I didn't can't know, get know that was happening. John, happening. Oh, I be can't get enough I of John Voight saying explode. I won't
2: be there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, and then I will uh, I assume we're going to Walker Stalker Con
2: Yes, well, we, we will be covering Walker Stalker Con uh, We'll have Hopefully we'll have a couple interviews before the actual con But you and I will both be down there Seeing what's happening
3: um, Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of terrified of the idea of If I can get an interview with Michael Rooker That guy scares the crap out of me He's an intense dude Seems like it. He's a uh, super,
2: it just, super nice, but really intense. He'll uh-huh. always be Henry to me.
3: I know. That's why he scares me. <laughs> it just sucks that that's the same weekend as a little five points parade, because I, I can't really do both. Oh, but yeah. I love if, I, if I have to choose, I'd I'd pick Walker Stalker Con.
2: The little five points parade. I mean, it's it's awesome, and it's kind of a tradition in Atlanta, but it's so packed now. Yeah. What? like it's really hard to navigate down there at this point yeah i'm not even sure what time you'd have to get there to get any kind of decent parking at all
3: well well then i'm better off at something downtown where i can take marta
2: there you go uh richard what are your plans for for this spooky month
4: well unfortunately my job uh, doesn't really allow me to enjoy uh, october like i used to but i will still always get in you know horror movies and um, I live in the Knoxville area, so I'll try to go. we got a couple of good haunted houses up here, so I'll hit a couple of those. But really, I, I just like decorating around the house and the yard. and I, We still get trick-or-treaters on Halloween, which amazes me. But, nice. Yeah, it's really cool. Usually we have about 50 to 60 kids. I mean, it, it, so I'm glad to see the tradition isn't dying out. That's awesome
2: yeah yeah that is awesome we're in We're in kind of a a kid free neighborhood so we we don't get any and it's not something I thought about when we moved here uh you know we were just looking for the right neighborhood. I wasn't thinking much about who was populating it but but yeah, that's kind of a bummer the, at Halloween,
4: yeah the first year I lived here um we had over a hundred and we had so we had to run out and get more candy because we ran out but over the years it has kind of dwindled from that but you know, hopefully this year will pick up. Of course, kids grow up and move away, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, any uh, any last
2: thoughts, any last horror Halloween, any thoughts that you want to get out before we wrap this thing up?
5: Two more things for October right quick. I completely yes, forgot on Sun of Cellulet I'm going to be doing the third annual What Halloween Means to Me countdown. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I am doing another one of those. I've got some great people lined up. People are still coming in. I'm going to be doing that again. I mean, in the past years we've had, you know, Linnea Quigley, Herschel Gordon Lewis, Jack had no, not Jack Ketchum, Edward Lee, uh, half of the cast of Night of the Living Dead's been on there. And Ryan forgot something. Uh oh. At some point in October, release date is not exactly pinned down, but at some point in October, they're going to be releasing a music video.
6: And it's oh, yes. going to be amazing. And I'm in it. Zombie werewolves from Outer Space. Yeah, hell yeah, you're in it. You get murdered. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we
1: disemboweled
6: your dad as revenge
5: for that whole it
6: thing. Oh, I know. Uh, he, just, he is still talking about that. He's so excited to see it. Yeah, he has a not- trooper, too. I mean, like, we literally, like, Nathan basically electrical taped a bag to my dad's stomach. And With he an was entire roll
5: David. of electrical tape, all in yeah, his hair.
6: <laughs> filled it with blood and guts and then i had to slice into the bag just as a werewolf couldn't see shit slice into the bag with a knife and then pull his guts out it was pretty epic as he was holding
5: a sign that said god hates the casket creatures
6: (laughs) oh it's great yeah i can't wait for people to see i mean we put so much work into it and it was just amazing how many people showed up i mean. I, I don't really got to talk to you much nathan but i mean i don't know about you i was shocked at how many people came out
5: oh yeah me too that's the more I, the more people i get to kill on camera the better
6: yeah and like the lighting guys and the grips and like all those people showed up and they're just wanting to help they weren't wanting to get paid or anything they're just like listen we just want to help you and we're like good because we're a poor rock band we don't we don't have money <laughs> so it worked that's out awesome great. that's very cool and it was just a lot of people there just to support the art you know and uh I think we made a hell of a video, man. I can't wait for people to see it.
2: And uh, I think a, a few of us here are going to be... Uh, I'll go ahead and put this over just because I, I know it's on the schedule for this month. Uh, November 1st, the The final night, really, of AZA, Atlanta Zombie Apocalypse. They're having mm-hmm. a big Halloween party uh, out at the facility. And I'm really stoked about it because... Like, all the movies you saw when you were a kid had these big, ridiculous Halloween parties that nobody ever threw. Nobody that you knew ever threw. With bands playing and, like, crazy fucking music and light shows and everybody in costumes. And, like, I've never been to that kind of Halloween party. This is going to be that kind of Halloween party. And I'm super stoked about
1: it. Well, it's the Monster Bash, which, much like the Drive Invasion, used to take place at the Starlight 6 drive-in.
2: So are they, sh- are they actually showing movies or? I th- Cause I, I know the casket creatures are playing.
1: I think they're projecting them on a wall or something, but I mean, it's Monster Bash in name, I guess, but not, it's right. not, not the same thing. I also forgot to mention that, uh, Guar and Skinny Puppy are playing on the same night at different venues. Um, I think it's like on the 16th or something. So, uh, that's it. Oh a man,
6: of- I hope it's not on the 16th.
1: No wait, I'm wrong. It's. Uh, I thought Guar was in November. Yeah, I thought. Guar oh, was later in the year. I yeah, thought I was the- going to
5: actually get to go to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's in. It, no, it's in December. I'm sorry.
6: Okay. Christmas
1: yeah,
5: the
6: 16th, and I do Guar's not- annual
1: December. Christmas show. <laughs> wait, no, it's October 30th, according to Masquerade's website.
2: What is Guar? Guar. I uh, See, I thought that was in December. I don't know. We'll iron this out and put it in the show <laughs> notes. So lots and lots of stuff going on in October. Uh, I think we're all going to be very busy. And really the point is do whatever it is you need to do to have a fun time, uh, but whether it's horror movies, whether it's decorating the house, whether it's going out to all the haunts you can possibly get to, whether it's just going to the store and buying a bag of candy corn. Whatever it is you do, be sure and do it. Get in the right mood, have fun, enjoy it. And uh, what I like to see now, every retail store you go in now has tons of Halloween stuff. Uh, we've got a freaking chia zombie in the kitchen. I mean, a fucking chia zombie. It's everywhere. Halloween is everywhere. Just have fun with it and enjoy it. Uh, and that's, that's really, I think, all we're trying to say here tonight is find your Halloween thing and get into it.
6: You're never too old to enjoy Halloween. It's just a fact. No. Absolutely and, and not. And people who, you know, show up to costume parties not in costume and show up to, you know, like, it, you're never too old to have a little fun, you know? It's Halloween yeah, for God's sakes. Don't go it's, to a it's Halloween, Halloween party. It's Halloween for Satan's sake.
2: <laughs> don't go to a Halloween party without a costume. That's that's just the worst kind of etiquette. That's just lousy. Yep. Just stay home and drink tea or something. I don't know. Exactly. Don't know, whatever okay. bullshit people like
4: that do. And you can't no use your... And you can't use your job as your costume. I always hated that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, a I'm a mechanic. A,
5: yeah, yeah. That's don't show up in scrubs from your day yeah. job as a vet tech. Come on. And pe- no, people may crap doctor. people may crap on all the girls that like, you know, dress up as sexy or whatever for Halloween. I'm here to say I support you ladies. Dress as sexy as you want on Halloween. <laughs> totally cool with <by> that.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's okay.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, let's, uh, everybody plug away websites, uh, upcoming events, whatever you've got, which I think we kind of just did. But, uh, Richard, where can we find you online?
4: Uh, well, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Richard Rance and, uh, needless things, you know, uh, for October, I've got, Probably, I'm hoping four or five posts for you to go up, so um, just thoughts on the month and stuff. But uh, on Amazon, R.T. Yule, uh, I just released a third short story uh, Monday, so um, it's there to read. And if you like horror, if you like Devil's Rejects, stuff like that, give it a shot.
5: Very cool. Nathan? Uh, probably the easiest way to keep up with me is on the Son of Celluloid Facebook page because I've got stuff going on everywhere. The podcast on the Industrial Con Network, the show on YouTube, my blog, but po- uh, links to all of it end up posted there. So that's probably the easiest way to keep up with it. And I just want to tell everyone happy Halloween and support independent horror. Awesome. Jonathan?
1: Uh, yeah, you can find uh, lots of new content will be going up on wrestlingwithpopculture.com. In the near future uh, There's also a Wrestling with Pop Culture Facebook page Where I post all the links On Twitter I am at WrestlePopCultR Because that's how many letters I could fit <laughs> and On Instagram I'm Wrestling with Pop Culture uh, Where I post links on all of those things As well as other content Or funny things that I see Or weird thoughts that go through my head um, I guess that's it
2: Beth, where can we find you online?
3: Well, I will be all over needlessthingsite.com for the month of October, probably more so than usual, if not annoyingly so. Um, But, yes, that is the only place you can find me. I'm otherwise hidden.
2: (laughs) Spooky. (laughs) And, finally, (laughs) Mr. Ryan Cadaver, where can we follow your activities?
3: Um, Yeah,
6: so we post all of our upcoming shows, uh, album releases, you know, the music video release. We'll post all of that through... uh, the Facebook. We also have the Twitter. We're at the Casket Creatures. Um, Instagram uh, slash the Casket Creatures. Um, the new album, She Screams, is out on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. You can pick it up everywhere. And uh, we're about to kick off our fall schedule. Uh, October first, we're playing with Calibry at the Five Two Nine. And then uh, after that, we're doing Six Flags and uh, Chambers of Horror. So we're going to be all over the place. Uh, we're doing the Aza thing. So, uh, if you just follow us on Facebook and, uh, keep up with us, we'll post all of our shows on there and, uh, check out the music, you know, even if you're not into the ho- uh, the horror rock thing, I mean, check it out and see what you think. I mean, we're a little different.
2: Awesome. Well, all of you, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I feel like we could have talked a whole lot longer and covered a lot more stuff, but this is a nice little taste just to kick off the beginning of October and we'll have more podcasts coming throughout the month, so stay tuned to needlessthingssite.com. Uh I want to thank Richard, Nathan, Jonathan, Beth and Ryan so much for coming on and kicking off 31 days of Halloween. Thank you guys.
4: Thank you. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you. A
0: pleasure.
2: see what i mean that was awesome but i I felt like things were left unsaid and uninvestigated but you know what that's okay we've got plenty more episodes uh plenty more time to i mean i honestly i would love to have each and every one of them back on obviously beth and richard will be back on uh jonathan uh sooner than later we'll be talking to jonathan again but that was awesome that was great i had fun and, and really remember, like we were talking about, ha- have fun this month. Go out and do something you haven't done before, or, or be sure to do the thing you always do. You know, this month is what you make of it. And, and if you decide it's gonna be a fun, spooky time, then it will be. Do it. Make it happen. Do whatever you gotta do. Um, Needless Things Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, dot site.com. Uh, stay tuned. Check out the site. Please check out the site all month long. Share the site. Uh, follow Needless Things on Facebook and on Twitter at Needless Things in both places. Uh, I'm on Elo now. I'm Phantom Troublemaker. Eh, I, I don't know. I haven't done anything there yet, but I'm on it. So you know, track me down. And before I go, uh, there will be epi- uh, there will be episodes every week this month. So, check back. Follow the site. I can't emphasize that enough. Add me to your feeds. Me. It's not just me anymore. There are three of us. Me, Beth, Richard. It's a Needless Things family. I want more. We're adding Jason. Jason's coming soon with a review of something that nobody else has reviewed yet. That's enough. I'm babbling. You know what? I think you guys need some zombie werewolves. From outer space, I think that's what you need, and I'm gonna give it to you because I love you guys.
0: They came from a world unknown, crash landed far from home. Harried beast, died from impacts. Your toughest brought them back. They're here to terrorize. To run from the howling sounds When the no- The from space. They feed on human flesh They can't be bargained with They don't need the full moon Killing machines for a spacecraft too We know we aren't alone They made the Earth their home Believe me when I say We'll all be dead in a matter of days Just in place us all where we from outer space